Introducing Diderio D-Bud Hearing Protection. From loading, to sound check, to the roar of the crowd. For the music you love, at every level. Keys for from your guitar, man. Nashville's the end with Stephen of Chelsea Grin. Stephen, how, how you doing? Doing well. Happy to be here. How you doing? Really well. Thank you so much for talking gear with us. Uh, we haven't had a seven string or an eight string guy in a while, so this is a fun change of pace for the Premier Guitar go. Rig Rundown fans. So let's get right into it. What is this instrument, and why do you love it? So this is a Music Man JP13. Um, that's what most of my mains are for drop G and drop A. Um, I love these guitars for a lot of reasons, actually. Uh, tonally, they just sound like nothing else. There's a bite to it that no other guitar can achieve. And I think that's just a conglomerate of everything they put into it. So uh, it's got DiMarzio Illuminators in it. All of my guitars, except for my eight strings, have DiMarzio Illuminators. And uh, yeah, they just are so crisp and bitey and they have this throaty mid-range that uh, is just awesome for uh, for guitars, whether it's in the studio or live. So they're just piercing, they sound unique, they're really aggressive, they're like machines. They hold up great on the road too. Um, just every piece of it is so finely crafted that it's like a breeze for me out here on the road. Now, I know I don't know every iteration of the JP line because you know he's got a long history of yeah. all the instruments that kind of change every year. Why have you latched into the, the JP-13? Is that like the first year that they did the seven strings? Or is that, why, why the 13? No, so they've had seven strings for several uh, like runs before that and they've okay. made new ones since. I think the reason I like the 13 is just the, it kind of falls into the woods that they use. Mm. So it's got a basswood body, a mahogany tone block, a maple top and a rosewood fretboard. And I think all together it just creates this sonic wall that works really well for me whereas other guitars that are like more maple based i have a harder time with certain parts of my playing and my tone it's a little bit brighter things like pinch harmonics are a little bit more difficult for me to get to which with my band is like a bread and butter yeah <laughs> so like uh, I, this just all comes together and it's the one model although i've played them all they all feel incredible um just the woods tonally come together in a way that i favor gotcha. so that's why i have so many of them. I'm sure we'll get introduced to it, but if I'm, I'm not mistaken, your eight strings have bare knuckles in them. And so if, if that's true, why not use uh, the DiMarzio eight string models? I know that Javier from Animals as Leaders has models. So why go with bare knuckle with the eight strings? Well, actually in my eight string in the RCs, I've got Lundgren M8s okay. or M80s. I can't remember. I think it's M8 if it's the same one that like uh, the Meshuggah guys yeah, use. Yeah, okay. the M8s. So, um, 
I but just, you did use it bare knuckles though, right? Yeah, so my backup Aristides has a, a okay. bare knuckle designed pickup that I think is a collaboration with Aristides. It's not um, like a, a production Got model, it. but uh, it does have them. I just favor the uh, Lundgrens because, I mean, between the two guitars, they bring it the closest to where my JPs are sitting. So mm. live, it's important to me to have that tonal connection so that when I switch guitars, it's not some wild change. Um, but also the Lundgrens are just the most aggressive pickup. And to be honest, I'm considering putting them in all my JPs oh. as well. They're just so nasty and brutal and just like <laughs> filthy, but you know, clarity is, there's no lack of clarity going on there. Um, it's just kind of an impressive pickup. Do you I, got uh, the stamp of approval of the Meshuggah guys. I feel like that's kind of the avenue you need to like veer into. Yeah, yeah, you know I mean? if, if it's good for them, it should be good for anyone, you know what I mean? <laughs> well. Is there anything else we should know about this instrument? I just cut myself off strings and gauges and tunings. Yeah, uh, I play Ernie Ball strings entirely. For drop A, I play uh, 56 to 10. For drop G, I play 62 to 10. And for drop E, I play 74 to 10. Um, all Ernie Ball, um, can't remember the specific names, but uh, Cobalts, yeah. wherever I can. And then for the eights, I just use the regular eight pack. So you love the tent, like that's your home base and then kind of extend from there? Yeah, I think with the amount of like chugging mixed with lead work that we do, um, having that 10 has always been important to me. Uh, when I get up in that register, I like it a little bit thinner, not too thin, but if I go any heavier, I start to kind of stumble around a bit more. Um, and the tension has never really been an issue. I think a lot of people find those gauges to be super light and it is super light, especially in these low tunings, but there's some sort of magical fairy dust sprinkled <laughs> on these things that just make it work, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I like them a little bit lighter, a little more clarity. And uh, yeah, I mean, Ernie Ball just makes a six string. So. Yeah, right? I mean, they've been doing it for so long, it must be doing something right. Yeah, they've dialed it in. Well, let's move on and see some other of these mean machines you got. Yeah, yeah. Should I leave this guy on? Maybe uh, I'll just let's see. Yeah, let's pull give it off the other right ones uh, some airtime. So let's see, I'll show you my mains. That was my main for drop G. Okay. This one is another Music Man JP13, but it's actually got a 15 neck on it and the 15 neck is just all maple. So this is a roasted bird's eye maple um, and the body is the same as a, as a 13. Now, what do you dig about that being like, cause you just talked before about how maple can be a little bright, but I guess maybe the combination of everything. I do, to be honest, struggle a little bit with certain things, mostly like pinch harmonics. Tonally, I don't mind it. It kind of brightens up the, like the chugging, which I tend to, you know, by my ear, lean into darker tones. So I think this sort of alleviates some of that darkness that I maybe introduce a little too much of. I don't know that I, this is my only one with the maple neck. Okay. Uh, it's just not entirely my preference, um, but aesthetically it's insane, especially with the root beer. Yeah. And, um, you know, I get by. I just have to like sort of be mindful when I'm playing it to, to lean into it a little bit differently than I would another mm. guitar, especially with, again, pinch harmonics and stuff like that. So, but it feels amazing, it's super fast. And uh, yeah, this one is probably my this is like my mantelpiece guitar, you know, just hanging up there. It's funny because like, I've never met him, but just on his interviews he's done, he's done with PG, we've done several rig rundowns. He seems like a very stable guy, like nothing too flashy, you know, mm -hmm. black t-shirts, black hair, black beard, but like his guitars are always so stunning and vibrant. Yeah, yeah. Much think, like his playing, I guess. I think it's it's <laughs> cool. It's kind of like I have a similar motif. It's like I'm, I'm pretty reserved in person, I'm not a flashy person, but then when I get on stage, especially playing, you know, 
heavy ass music, yeah. uh, having that little peacock moment is kind of awesome. And they just do such sick sparkles too. Yeah. It's so deep and, you know, 3D was the word we were using. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Did, yep. it's, it's just a deep looking sparkle. You could stare at it forever. So yeah, aesthetically, I love them. And uh, I love the, the super strat style, it just fits me. Yeah, well, let's uh, keep this cruise moving. Yeah, so the next one I have is my Drop E main. Now this is made by Aristides um, Instruments. And so this is an 080S. It's a multi-scale guitar. It's got Lundgren M8s in it. This one is a Galaxy Sparkle finish and it's got this like gnarly oh, see-through back plate. That's cool. So it's kind of fun. Um, these guitars aren't wood at all. They're made out of this composite called Arium. Um, they've just really got it like refined to a science. They're cast in a mold and then hand sanded and, and a lot of love and care is put into making them. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's a total beast. There's yeah. a, a debate that goes on constantly in our comments about tone woods and now your music is aggressive, loud, and it has kind of a certain character, we'll say. How does this play with the wooded guitars? Is it similar? Do you hear a difference? Is it, or, you know, where do you land on that tone wood debate? There is a, a difference in like the overall resonance of the guitar. Mm. So this thing, the sound, if I was to describe it, is, is a bit more round. So this has like the gnarly bite. The JPs have this crazy bite. This is a little bit more rounded. It introduces a little bit more low end, I feel. Um, but it still does have the bite. You just sort of have to shape the tone and sculpt it a little bit differently. So between my patches, I'll run a few different settings on a parametric EQ just mm. to sort of minimize that gap um the m8s do a huge uh service to like bringing in that bite and sort of evening out that roundness and when i say roundness it's not a complaint at all it's just a beefy beefy yeah. guitar um and i love using it in the studio in particular just because you have the full frequency range at your disposal to do what you like with so it's pretty awesome. They sound humongous, honestly. As someone that's never played or spent time with a guitar that's a multi-scale, what was your experience? And it, was there a learning curve or was it very natural to where your hands rest and move? I think for a lot of people, it's, uh, it just, it depends on the person, it depends on their hands. Mm. It's pretty natural for me. I don't know off the top of my head the exact scale uh, shift on this one. Um, I should know, but I just got it and I was like, this works, this is freaking <laughs> awesome. Um, but it's not like a super dramatic fan. Um, it's, it's pretty mild, you can see, it's not like one of those guitars where you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, that thing is yeah. many inches, you know, apart from low to high register. Uh, so this one feels really natural. I've played some where the, uh, the multi-scale is a little bit more um, intense and it takes some getting used to, especially in the higher register. But uh, yeah, this one, it's easy. I picked it up and my hands just went where they needed to go. So it felt good. It was uh, no real learning curve to okay. it. So yeah. Well, right on, is there any other instruments you wanna show off? I mean, I've got my, uh, my pink JP here, Ooh. although I did, bust out a strap button recently, which is a super letdown. <laughs> yeah, just another JP, 13. This one's uh, been through the ringer. This is my first Music Man that I got, so it looks like crap and needs some love, and uh, 
But yeah, it's just beautiful. It's a little princess guitar. I was gonna say, like, what would you call that? You kind of had names for all the bursts. You had the root beer burst. I would call it like almost champagne burst. Yeah. So this one, I, I think it was just called pink. But okay. then I got it, and I was like, okay, like that's not just pink. You know, yeah. it's a little bit more complex and, and deep than that. It is a little champagne, like yeah. a little rosé. You know. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, another beautiful one. It's funny because that guitar, you know, in its creation, it's like, oh, this is a beautiful, light, bubbly guitar, and then you destroy faces with it. That's exactly, <laughs> that's, see, that's like that juxtaposition that I like, is like we're playing this ugly, mean, angry music, but then you got the sparkles. Yeah. Everyone's like, wait a minute, there's yeah. a, this doesn't line there's up no in connect. my brain. But then it produces the sounds, that the, uh, you know, they produce the sounds that they do, and everyone's like, okay, yeah. I get it. I, that I, thing's I'm pissed. Amazed. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of pissed, uh, there's nothing on stage here, and that was not because we said remove everything. We need to interview you. It's you guys don't have cabs on stage. You run in ears, and how do you run uh, your axe effects? So just through the front of house, and I'll let you talk now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They just run direct into front of house. Um, we'll bring cabs depending on the tour. Uh, where we are today is a bit smaller of a venue, and I feel like a cab's not a bad idea. Um, People up in the front row may get more guitar and bass sound out of it, mm -hmm. but it's really just, we've been doing this for so many years, we're sick of dragging around cabs and like, we'll bring them, half the time we won't plug them in, we don't even have them with us on this tour. Just super simple. And as far as front of house goes, just having that direct uh, signal, it's a lot easier to sculpt. There's no variables. There's no mic movement. There's no air going on. It's just he's getting the purest form of the signal that he can get. And so for him, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to control everything. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I'm not anti-cab whatsoever. I just am pro-leisure. Yeah. So. Now, if, if you had, if you were using a cab, do you recall like what, I know people have a lot of questions when it comes to people using that type of setup. Is it, is it a full range speaker? Like what are you using in terms of a cab? Or are you using like, uh, like a 412 or like how are you doing it? Yeah, so we have all Mesa oversized 412s with okay. uh, Celestian V30s in them. Okay. And they're awesome. They're super great. I use them in my studio, and uh, like you know, with my XFX, and I enjoy that very much. Um, so we have great cabs that we love using when we do use them. Um, but yeah, makes it's, work uh, smarter, not harder. Exactly, work smarter, not harder. Cabs are heavy. Yeah, they're hard, especially when you have to lift them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, when we bring like a guitar tech, I'm like, yeah, bring the cabs. Two not of my them. problem. <laughs> now, what should people know? I, I recall that you had the two uh, XL, Fractal XFX2 XL. Is that yeah. still what you're running? Yeah, it is. Um, I got a Kemper and I don't know. It didn't mesh as well for me. Also, there was a learning curve to it. I've spent so many years on XFX um, that when it comes to like the MIDI patch changes and whatnot, I just found that my home and my understanding was all in Fractal. So we got to a tour and I had the Kemper and I was like, okay, oh yeah, I've got to do my patch changes. Yeah. And then I was like, what is this? Like what science am I having to relearn? It's it like was just a different a, language. A lot. Yeah. yeah. So obviously they're very different and they're both awesome. There's benefits to both. Um, I've just found for our, our, uh, live situation that XFX is truer to our, to the sound we're trying to achieve to sound like a machine. And then know? for that machine, what kind of patches are you building off of? I'm sure you got a lot of stuff going on. You guys have a lot of peculiar noises and obviously aggression going on, but 
Where's the base, the meat and potatoes going off of so people can kind of get a reference of what you're doing? Yeah, so I try to keep the patches pretty simple. There's lots of blocks that you can throw in there, but I just always go drive into amp, into cab, into a parametric EQ, and that's it. Uh, if I you know, need to add reverb, delay, any effects, I do that in the end, um, or pre-parametric EQ. And uh, from there, that's just the core of the patch. Usually, the gating is what changes the most between patches. Mm -hmm. So like we have a main rhythm patch that's looser, the gating's not quite as tight, it allows more through obviously. Um, but then the next patch, which is intended for like very tight staccato sort of breakdown type things, um, you know, I tighten that gate up and then we've got like a mid-range gate and, uh, but otherwise, you know, I just really like to keep it simple. Do you know that particular amp that you're kind of doing that off of? Yeah, so I've been using the FAS Brutals. Okay. Uh, it's a Fractal Audio Systems, uh, their own amp. I believe it's intended to like blend other amps, but I've never looked so far into it. I mean, I've, I've tried a lot of- it in your go. Yeah, there's a couple amps in there that I've tried throughout the years, and this is the one I always wind up coming back to. It's, it's just machine-like. You know, I've said machine a couple times, but yeah, it just sounds like a big machine, which might be some people's beef with Axe FX, but for me, it's, it sounds awesome. It's very angry. What else should we know about your rig and the rack that's behind us here? Yeah, so uh, it's honestly pretty simple. I mean, we're on in-ears. We run an X32 rack mount for our ears all Sennheiser wireless for the ears and for the uh, guitars. Um, it's all running into a splitter there. Um, for an interface, we use just a Focusrite uh, Scarlett uh, eight channel. We have an eight channel radial DI that sends all of our tracks. Eight channels is way more than we need, but um, we have a laptop using Cubase that runs our guitar track, our click track, 808s and stereo left, right tracks. Um, so it's, it's honestly, when people see these racks, they think it's super complex, but it's just a matter of labeling things and then it's plug and play every day. It's super simple. It takes me 15 minutes to set it up. And when we, we're on a fly rig right now, but when we're you know, with our normal setup, it's you plug in the power and you're basically there. Yeah. So it's, it's really simple. It looks crazy. It, you know, it's not necessarily uh, inexpensive, but it comes together and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, we call it the mothership. It's, it, it's the brain of everything. The mothership, the machine, you got all sorts of names Yeah, for yeah, it, we're very, we're like in the matrix, you know what I mean? <laughs> Steven, it gets the job done, that's all that matters. Exactly. I appreciate your time, thank you yeah, so much. Thanks so much. Everyone out there, subscribe to our channel, check out Chelsea Grin. You guys got a new song, uh, Origin of Sin. Nick Nocturnal did a killer video about it. Yeah. They have a killer video on it. Go check it out. Please do. New album's coming soon. <laughs>